Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. There are millions of Americans that successfully defend their lives and their liberties and their livelihoods with the lawful use of a firearm every single year. These cases are not based on hearsay, but are verifiable by reports found through public sources. According to the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, almost every major study on defensive gun use has found that Americans use their firearms defensively between, get this, a half a million times and three million times each year. Yes, that's what I said, each year. There's good reason to believe that that even above and beyond that, most defensive gun uses are never reported to law enforcement, much less picked up by local or national media outlets. This, this highlights just a fraction of the incredible number of times Americans relied on the Second Amendment, not the government getting there in time to protect their inalienable rights. This data of, of uh, confirmed cases of, of defensive gun use helped prove that the good guy with a gun is not a myth, but an integral part of the American society. Here are just a few of these cases just recently. First of all, there was a, a report by Chad Nakanishi, who reported on May 25th of this year that a 29-year-old grandma in Florida shoots and kills a home intruder. Virginia Morrison says the intruder later identified as uh, Esquil Rose, uh, Rosario Torres, 38, walked into her home in Orange County, Florida, on Sunday afternoon. Morrison said she tried to get him out of the house by hitting him with a broom. That was what that was her first line of defense. But but Rosario Torres re, reportedly swatted the the broom away. Morrison then retrieved her gun and fired a warning shot. Yeah, she didn't even fire at him. She fired a warning shot. She told WESH TV, quote, "He started coming towards me and I fired a shot above him." Back off, dude, she said. <laughs> and he just kept coming toward me. So I just lowered my gun and shot him, unquote. Rosario Torres was reported to, uh, was transported to a local hospital where he died shortly after. Morrison adds, quote, I had to do what I had to do to protect myself and Charlie, and I would do it again if I had to. But I don't want to do that. I hope God can forgive me for taking a man's life, of course, of course. On February 15th of last year, a 12-year-old boy fatally shot a man who forced his way into an apartment with an accomplice in North Carolina, authorities said. Gold, Goldsboro police responded to a report of a shooting on South William Street at about 12.43 a.m. on Saturday. Police said two masked people forced their way into the apartment, demanded money, and shot one of the residences, Linda Ellis. She was 73, whom a family member identified as the boy's grandmother. The boys shot at the intruders, causing them to flee, police said. And the police said they found uh, Herring, a 19-year-old 
man of uh, Goldsboro at a nearby intersection suffering from a gunshot wound. Hearing and Ellis were taken to a hospital where Hearing was pronounced dead. Ellis was hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. No charges are expected to be filed against the boy. Here's another one. May 29th of this year, a man shot an intruder who broke into his home and started dragging another homeowner outside, according to local media reports. The intruder broke into the home in Westchester, Ohio, at about at around 4 a.m. on Saturday, May 28th, and began to assault the homeowners and drag one of them out of the house, according to WXIX. One of the homeowners shots a shot and and injured the intruder, according to them, and the homeowner who was dragged suffering uh, lacerations and was taken to a hospital, according to uh, another media outlet. A woman lawfully carrying a pistol and and killed a woman who opened fire on a party with an AR-15 style gun is our next example. This uh, comes from the insider.com and Katie Balavik. And she said that a woman carrying a pistol shot and killed a man with a AR-15 style firearm that opened fire on a party in Charleston um, is, is what the Charleston police are saying. Police responded to the shooting at about 10.45 p.m. local time on Wednesday night. And, and this is what Lieutenant Tony Hazlett, who is the uh, Charleston Police Department's uh, uh, lieutenant there. They identified a, a victim, a 37-year-old Dennis Butler, who suffered multiple gunshot wounds near the Vista View Apartments on Renaissance Circle. Quote, upon further investigation, this is kind of interesting, upon further investigation, we quickly learned that the victim kind of turned into like a gunman. <laughs> Hazlitt said in a press conference <laughs> a little bit later on, Hazlitt said Butler had been at the apartment complex earlier in the day where he was approached uh, about speeding while there was a birthday party and a graduation party going on uh, nearby at the park across the street. Quote, he got mad and then left the complex. Shortly after, he drove back and pulled up in front of the 1300 Renaissance, and he got in the back seat and pulled out an AR-style rifle and started firing into the crowd, Hazlitt said, noting that there were approximately 30 to 40 people at the party. Quote, a female bystander was lawfully carrying her firearm, pulled her firearm and shot him and killed him, Hazlitt said, adding that there will be no charges being filed against her and no other injuries reported in the incident. He also noted that the bystander was not a member of law enforcement. Quote, she's just a member of the community who was carrying her firearm lawfully and instead of running from the threat, she engaged with the threat and saved several lives last night. Police have found no other motive for the shooting in their investigation, Hazlitt said. Uh, he added that Butler did have an extensive criminal history. <laughs> so pretty well known by the police there. And and Yahoo.com said that Tesla CEO Elon Musk praised the unnamed West Virginia woman who used uh, a pistol to shoot and kill the man who opened fire on the party. On Saturday night, Musk tweeted, wow, good for her and saving those people. 
He was re- uh, responding to a tweet that described the story as a good gal stops a bad guy with a gun, uh, tweeted by an account arguing against restrictions on gun ownership. The tweet from user Rimmer Turk tagged Musk saying, well, there are legitimate reasons to carry. Help us counter the lies by anti-gunners. I would agree with that. Butler died from multiple gunshot wounds and Hazlitt said there were no other injuries. Amazing. No other injuries. He said there will be no charges filed against the woman. Must tweet came at a time when the debate over stricter gun control measure laws has intensified after the mass shooting at an elementary school in uh, Uvalde in Texas. On Wednesday, a day after the shooting, Musk laid out for uh, his stance on gun control in an email to CNBC. Musk said he re- he supports gun mass gun ownership, but wanted tight background checks before people can purchase them. Musk said he supports gun ownership as a, quote, safeguard against tyrannical government. And in June of last year, President Joe Biden mocked people who make arguments like Musk's saying, quote, if you think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons, unquote. Yes, that is a quote from our illustrious president. The day after the deadliest elementary school shooting since Sandy Hook, Tesla CEO Elon Musk has stated that he believes in the Second Amendment right to bear arms, but argues the individual should undergo a tight background check before purchasing a gun. Quote, I strongly believe that the right to bear arms is an important safeguard against tyrannical government. Historically, maintaining their power over the people is why those in power did not allow public ownership of guns, Musk told the CNBC uh, email. On top of tight background checks, checks, Musk told the outlet that gun sales of assault rifles should be limited to gun range owners and those that reside in, quote, high-risk locations like gang warfare, unquote. But would, and this is my question, would these restrictions that he's talking about here have helped prevent any of these mass shootings? I mean, are there any unintended risks to making more gun control laws rather than enforcing the ones that we already have? Like, for instance, here in this article from Real Clear Wire, um, and it's dated May 28th of this year, the senseless murder of 19 children and two teachers at the Robb Elementary School in Texas is leading to calls for more gun control. Shocker, shocker. To some red flag laws, also known as extreme risk protection orders, seem like the obvious solution. These laws allow judges to seize a person's gun without a trial, based solely on a written complaint that the person might be a danger to themselves or others. All a judge needs is reasonable suspicion. We know that we can show we can be united to protect our children, said Senator Joe Manchin, a famous moderate West Virginia Democrat. We 
also care about children, but much better laws are already in place. We are concerned that red flag laws will cause more harm than good. Democratic uh, politicians support red flag uh, laws, uh, and, and it's almost universal. But Washington Times reports that some Republican senators are now warming up to such legislation. Quote, for people who threatened harm to themselves or somebody else, you could only go through law enforcement and you had to go through courts and it wasn't permanent, explained Republican Senator Rick Scott, who signed a red flag bill while governor of Florida. It has always been possible to take a dangerous person's gun away. All 50 states and federal government have involuntary commitment laws. They are required that they are all they all require a mental health expert to testify before a judge. But hearings can occur quickly in urgent cases. And if those facing a hearing can't afford a lawyer, the judge provides them with one. Judges have a lot of flexibility when ruling. For instance, if if the person on trial does not agree to voluntary uh, a voluntary uh, psych uh, treatment, they may be committed involuntarily or or have their guns confiscated. But red flag laws remove all of the due process protections based only on a written complaint, which could come from a relative or a friend or a neighbor or or a police officer. A judge decides whether whether to take away a person's guns based on that. There is no ability to challenge claims or to offer testimony from a mental healthcare expert. Gun control advocates argue that the that the person should not even know that the judge may be deciding to take his or her guns away. When a hearing finally takes place, up up to a month later, if, if the person in question can't afford an attorney, well, they will not be provided with one. When faced with the costs of a hearing, which may be up to $10,000, Few people find that fighting red flag laws um, to keep their guns makes any sense. Few uh, defendants obtain legal legal counsel, but the, the, the courts still overturn a third of the initial orders. The actual error rate of these is undoubtedly much higher. Because many of those wrongly persecuted, they just, they just don't have a lawyer. People who truly um, pose a clear danger to themselves or others should be confined to a mental health facility or be required to seek treatment. Laws used to confiscate guns are typically in, enforced when dealing with suicidal people. However, if someone is suicidal... There are many other ways that they may choose to kill themselves. Simply taking a gun away isn't the answer. A person intent on on violence may not even need a gun to inflict mass carnage. Are are we going to also take away their cars, let's say? Gun control advocates find it much easier to conjure up new laws without protections than to fine-tune laws already on the books. They find that times of national grieving present an opportunity to push new measures 
through Congress, of course. We worry that, that red flag laws could actually increase instances of suicide. Yes, increase. Um, there, there's there's a, a, a person who is uh, affiliated with uh, the writer of this article, and uh, her name was Nikki uh, Gozer. Um, and, and Nikki watched as a stalker murdered her husband in front of her. As anyone would understand, that loss left her just devastated. Despite her grief, however, she was not suicidal, but a well-meaning friend or relative might have raised a complaint in this situation, worrying that she was depressed and, and had a gun. While a stalker having just murdered her husband, taking away her ability to protect herself from stalkers would have left her feeling even more vulnerable. So uh, under any current statutes, she would have had a chance to explain her concerns to the mental health care experts. If that didn't work, then she would have still had a hearing with a lawyer and been given the opportunity to explain her situation to the judge. Simply talking to other people about your, your depression can be important in overcoming it. But with red flag laws in place, people may have, people have been reluctant to discuss their mental state with others. I mean, wouldn't you? Police officers also often experience work-related depression themselves, and, and they may bottle up their feelings for fear of losing their guns and thus losing their jobs. And we don't want a world where police make unannounced, you know, pre-dawn raids or people lose their fundamental rights of self-defense without a judicial hearing. For some, it's a matter of life and death. But that does not matter to these leftists that just want to take away your guns so that they can have power. Ryan Savadra um, of the Daily Wire wrote just the other day that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced on Monday that his leftist government was unveiling new attempts to restrict the rights of Canadians, including banning the sale of handguns. Quote, new gun control legislation, the federal government tabled today, includes a national freeze on the purchase, sale, importation, and transfer of handguns in Canada. The government's most ambitious attempt yet to restrict access to firearms in this country. And this is a, this is a report uh, by the CBC. While the, uh, um, the proposal falls short of a full ban on handguns, it would eventually limit the number of them in Canada. Trudeau claimed that the gun violence was on the rise. So that meant it was his, quote, duty to keep taking action, unquote. Quote, last summer during the campaign, some politicians said they would make assault-style weapons legal again, Trudeau said. Uh, not only did we stand up to them, but we promised to go even further to protect our communities. We proposed to invest to help provinces and territories put restrictions on handguns within their jurisdictions. However, in our, discuss our, our discussions with law enforcement advocates and experts, it became apparent that we need a different solution, he continued. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that 
it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. Unquote. Trudeau previously used efforts to implement new gun control measures to uh, distract from his blackface scandal, in which photos emerged that showed him on multiple occasions wearing racist blackface. And Trudeau's remarks come after Democratic President Joe Biden appeared to take aim at handguns Monday on Memorial Day, claiming that a 9mm bullet, which is the most popular handgun caliber, blows the lung out of the body. Quote, yeah, this is this is his quote. Quote, they said a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in the lung and we can probably get it out. May be able to get it and save the life. A 9mm bullet blows the lung out of the body, Biden claimed. Quote, so the idea of these high caliber weapons is, uh, there's simply no rational basis for it in terms of self-protection or hunting. Remember the Constitution was never absolute, is what he said. Yeah. Quote, you couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment was passed, Biden falsely claimed. You couldn't go out and purchase a lot of weaponry. <laughs> Again, our president is clueless. Yes, this is definitely crazy talk. Um, and yet it's not all coming from outside the country. It's, I mean, we look at Canada and we say, well, yeah, at least it's not America. But listen to this. NBC's Chuck Todd says Second Amendment rights don't exist. Yes, that's what he said. Joseph Curl, uh, in, a, in another article, said that the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution says, quote, a well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, unquote. That's what the U.S. Constitution says. But NBC's Chuck Todd, host of the Meet the Press, says that that doesn't mean Americans have the right to bear arms. <laughs> so our right to bear arms shouldn't be infringed, but that doesn't mean Americans have the right to bear arms? Quote, this current version of the Repub Republican Party is being held hostage interesting choice of words, by a vocal minority obsessed with an, an, an absolute right that does not exist, Todd said on his show on Sunday. Todd went on an anti-gun, anti-GOP rant to open his show, fo following in the footsteps of liberals who blast anyone for offering thoughts and prayers after a shooting in Texas left 19 children and two adults dead. Quote, it's become our uniquely American ritual of words after each episode of this uh, uniquely American serial tragedy. Thoughts and prayers, nothing we can do, Todd said. No law would have stopped this. The real problem is mental illness. If only the victims had been armed. More thoughts and prayers. See, he's, he's just making fun of that type of thing. Todd argued that the laws are to blame. How do we allow, and this is his quote, how do we allow 18-year-old 
in this case, the shooter, to buy assault rifles and accumulate more than 1,600 rounds of ammunition, all legally, mind you, he said. Whether it's guns or climate change or protecting our democracy, we no longer have a politics that can meet these crucial moments that we face, unquote. And, and the host blamed Americans, lamenting that no member of Congress has been voted out of office for being too pro-gun. Not one, he said. Until the, the majorities who claim they want uh, tougher background checks and to get assault weapons off the street vote like they mean it, we can expect to hear more calls for thoughts and prayers. And that's it, Todd said. Todd's dismissal dis, uh, of the Second Amendment came after filmmaker Michael Moore. <laughs> Why he was interviewing Michael Moore uh, about this, I have no clue. But Michael Moore said, we need a memorandum on gun sales. Time to repeal the Second Amendment, he said. Yeah, that's what he said. We won't acknowledge that we are a violent people to begin with, Moore said on MSNBC. Quote, this country has birthed a violence with the genocide of the uh, native people at the barrel of a gun. This country was built on the backs of slaves with a gun to their backs to build this country into the country that we got to have. We don't want to acknowledge our two original sins here that have a gun behind the ability for us to become who we became. Unquote. Yeah, he, he said, we need a memorandum, perhaps on gun sales, who will say on this network or any other network in a few days, it's time to repeal the Second Amendment. Oh, you can't say that? Well, why not? Why not? Morris said. Well, for one reason, I'd say shootings like the one in Texas might have been even worse if we didn't have private gun ownership. Um, in another article from the Daily Wire, it says new details have emerged about the, the heroic efforts of the U.S. Border Patrol agents who stormed a classroom uh, at a Texas elementary school this week and killed the 18-year-old Latino shooter who murdered 19 children. Uh, approximately 80 federal agents had responded to the shooting a week ago, Tuesday, at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, but were instructed by local law enforcement to wait and not go after the attacker. Yes, that is a thing. Quote, after approximately 30 minutes passed, however, the federal agents opted, um, opted of their own volition to lead the stack of officers inside the school and take down the shooter the NBC News reports. So basically what's happening here is that these guys show up and they're told by a lo the local law enforcement on the scene not to go in. And they opted after about 30 minutes of just waiting around, not doing anything, to say, you know what, we're going to lead the charge here. The report added that agents from ICE Homeland Security Investigations had also responded to the shooting and were on scene. A source told the network that the breaking point for the federal agents was when they saw that parents were trying to get into the building themselves to pull their children out. I mean, can you imagine being, I mean, it's almost like a, uh, uh, being trapped between a rock and a hard place here 
you want to go in, you're trying to be, you know, follow orders here of the, of the, the, the local law enforcement. And they're the ones that are in charge of the situation. And then you you see these parents trying to get in, you know, that's going to be a bad situation. And so what do you do? Do you, do you go in or do you not go in? And they chose to go in and that was the right call. Latino border patrol agent, Jacob, um, Alvarado uh, had just sat down for a haircut when his wife, who was actually a teacher at the Rob Elementary School, texted him and told him what had happened and asked him for help. Quote, there's an active shooter, she said. Help, I love you, unquote. I can't imagine getting that text from my wife, um, but that's what he saw um, while he was at, at the uh, barber. The New York Times reported that um, uh, Alvarado's uh, barber gave him a, a shotgun and that uh, and then he ran out of the barbershop and sped to the school. The, the Wall Street Journal uh, reported earlier in the week that the uh, that approximately 80 border patrol agents responded to the shooting out of roughly 150 border patrol agents that were stationed in the town. So over half of them. Initially, the BORTAC agents couldn't get into the classroom because of a steel door and cinder block construction, uh, the report said. But meanwhile, the gunman shot at them through the door and the walls. The BORTAC agents got a master key from the, the school principal that allowed them to enter the room. Now, I have to say, you know, here's these guys and they have been there for 30 minutes just waiting around. And it was them that actually got the master key from the school principal after they were, they were being fired upon through the door and, and through the cinder blocks by the shooter. They're the ones that actually got the key from the principal. One Bortac a- a- agent's shield was hit by rounds upon entering and a second agent was wounded by shrapnel and a third killed the subject. Um, he actually was shot at as well, and it actually the 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 bullet grazed his his cap, his baseball cap, uh, creating a hole there. Uh, it was that close. Uh, this this was possible in part, of course. How? By by in a, a private citizen lending his privately owned weapon to help the situation. Good people with guns stop bad people with guns every single day in this country. But leftists don't want you to think about that during these times of tragedy. They don't want you thinking that these gun-free zones around schools have only made our kids targets for madmen. Let's not make things worse by making the entire country a no-gun zone and taking away the ability of the innocent to protect themselves from evil. Now, you may agree with me on this and you may disagree, but I would definitely love to hear from you on this, especially if, if you disagree. I, w- I would love to understand exactly what you disagree with. And you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.